I'm so vulnerable and open because I can't remember lies. So if I, it, it, this is what it is and people can only respect the real that's in any situation that you're in and they can feel if you're not being true so yes definitely I'm gonna say yes without a doubt yes I am the star of Bell Collective I'm the star of any room that I walk in stay tuned we'll get into my thoughts on the recent allegations on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills plus my exclusive conversation with Bell Collective star Letitia Pearson, right after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV, and one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television, with over 10 years of production experience. Twice a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows, and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Hey, Raindrops. So before I get into my conversation with Bell Collective star Letitia Pearson about this hit season of Bell Collective... I wanted first to start talking about what's been going on on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as it relates to Garcelle's 14-year-old son being attacked by social media bullies online. This right here is a call to action for the fans of not only just The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but for reality TV in general. There seems to be this unfortunate situation where no longer are fans of reality TV just enjoying the shows. It's becoming a situation where some people, not all, I want to make it very clear, some people, some people take it too far. And you take it too far as relates to the comments you leave under these reality stars pages. And now it is trickling down into the kids being attacked on social media. Unless you've been living under a rock, I think you all know that Garcelle from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, her 14-year-old son, Jax, has been targeted on social media by these bots, apparently. We don't know if it's real people or bots where someone left a comment saying something so disgusting that I don't even want to repeat on this podcast. But it has to do with him being a black boy, and it has to do something that me, as a black man, and and my community have been suffering from for a very long time, especially, you know, when the George Floyd murder happened And we all know how he died. So to see that this 14-year-old black boy had to succumb to this disgusting comment makes me so fucking angry. And for the listeners who are fans of reality TV, especially Housewives, and, and yes, I'm going to just go there for a second. There is something happening with the fans of Housewives. 
where it no longer is a franchise where you can just have your opinion and state it and just keep it moving. It's now becoming a situation where some of you guys are going so far in your comments where you are making threats of bodily harm to people, where you are now attacking kids, and enough is enough. I don't know what has happened when it comes to the housewives culture, and it's the culture of some of the fans. Because this podcast has been a huge hit, and I thank you, my raindrops, so much for making this podcast a huge hit, I've now even been subjected to some very mean things on Twitter. But because I'm a grown-ass man, I don't give two fucks what y'all say about me. So you're wasting your time tweeting me. You're wasting your time talking shit about me. I don't, I, I don't care. But what I have even experienced is if I say my opinion about a housewife show and stating my opinion about what I'm watching on television when it comes to a particular housewife, this particular person's fan base feels the need to just even read me. But again, because I have such thick skin, I don't care. But I'm also not 14 years old. But I'm also not somebody who's in front of the camera trying to give my life to the show. It's one thing to have an opinion based on what you're seeing. I even do that. This podcast is my opinion based on what I'm watching on television. I give my professional opinion and my opinion as an audience and and a viewer. I don't take it too far where I am threatening bodily harm to any of these women. And I've now have been seeing that some of you fans of reality TV and Housewives have taken it so far that the shows are now no longer enjoyable to tweet about. It's to the point now where a lot of people have now decided to just let me watch it, stay off Twitter, and keep it moving. And now I understand why. It has now been revealed that Diana from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has now hired 24-hour security because of death threats she's been receiving. That is fucked up. Regardless if you think Diana is cool or or should not be on the show, that's fine. Talk about that. Why are you guys taking it so far to where you are threatening to kill her? That is not okay under any circumstance. And as the creator of reality TV, what we're trying to do is really give a platform for these regular people to have the courage to live their real life. These aren't actors who get to hide behind a character. These are regular people who are showing you who they are in their real life. And yes, we can judge them. We can judge them based on what we're seeing on the show. That's fine. On last week's episode of Reality with the King, I talked about how Dorit Kimsley used to be this very interesting housewife, but in my humble opinion, I felt that the visceral she received from the fans on Twitter has now caused her to be a shell of herself. And a lot of you guys agree with me. So imagine what's going to happen to the state of reality TV when you guys take things so far where you're sending death threats to cast members. 
Why would they go on TV anymore to give you guys something to watch if they have to be subjected to hiring security when all they're trying to do is be themselves and give you guys a slice of their authentic life? From what I understand, Diana has been receiving death threats because people believe she paid for these bots to attack Garcelle's son. I just don't believe that's true. I I would be shocked if this woman is doing that because she feels the need to defend herself against the social media bullies. I don't think Diana is an interesting housewife, and that's okay to say. I think Diana signed up to do the show because she was bored, and like most rich people who have so much money, the one thing some of them don't have is fame. And I think Diana chose to be on the show for fame. So we can talk about that. We can talk about whether or not she's interesting. We could talk about how she licks her lips as if she's on a marathon to win the Olympics. Like, we can talk about that. But to subject her to death threats based on what you think she may have done, again, the operative word here is think. There's no factual evidence that shows she's done that. So leave that situation alone. But most importantly, leave these kids alone. Leave these reality stars alone when it comes to you guys threatening physical harm to them. It's not cute. It's not funny. And what's going to happen, and mark my word, they're no longer going to want to be able to be on TV anymore because for them, it's not worth it. And what have you guys accomplished by doing that? A show possibly being put on pause? A show being filled with cast members to fulfill some sort of demand that people think needs to happen. Some of you guys are going so far with it, you are ruining these shows. Let these people live their lives. Let's have fun talking about what we're seeing. Let's have fun sharing our opinions. Let's get back to the fun days of that. I don't know what has happened in the past five years to where things just have been more disgusting to the point where when I post shit on Twitter, I post it, And sometimes I keep it moving. And I love engaging with the audience. And again, this isn't about the entire audience of reality TV. I want to keep saying that. This is about a select few of people who go too far with it. I love engaging with the fans. I love engaging every Friday and Saturday night when Bell Collective, Love & Marriage Huntsville, Love & Marriage DC. Like, I love engaging with the fans. I, I just love it. Like, I purposely stay home on the weekends because I like to live tweet with the audience, because the audience means the world to me. And I say this all the time, without the audience, I don't have nothing to do. Like, I don't have a job. Because if no one watches my shows, what am I producing? Nothing. So I love the audience. But what I don't love is when a select few of you guys go too far. So what I would like for you all to do, cut the shit when it comes to these threats not only to the housewives, but most importantly, to their children and to the reality stars as a whole. Leave them alone. Have your opinion. Judge all you want. Continue to live tweet with the hashtag of the show. And let's get back to the fun aspect of watching live television. Because as of right now, it's not getting fun anymore. Okay, well, look, I just had to share that and get that off my chest. 
But now, without further ado, please get to my exclusive conversation with Letitia Pearson, star of Bell Collective. Let's get into explaining Bell Collective. My listeners are fans of reality television, and they're also fans of my shows, The Love and Marriage Franchise, BT Presents The Encore, and now Bell Collective. Can you explain to the listeners, Letitia, how this show came about with you starring in it. For sure, absolutely. I mean, Carlos, you are definitely the king of reality TV. You went into Huntsville, you went into all these um, other amazing spots and found what some people like to say in the middle of nowhere, but they didn't know that there were gems, honey, in all of these areas. Well. Um, for me personally, I have an organization that I started called Women Brunch Mississippi, and it's all for women entrepreneurs to get together, network, because people didn't know that there were women out here making moves, nor did the women here understand the power of networking because it's from Mississippi and it had, it had never been shown before. So I, I've always wanted to showcase Mississippi in a different light, the women here, just to show what we're doing. So at that time, someone was working very close with me, a good friend of mine by the name of Jacoby McGee, and he knew my passion and his passion and everything. So he came about and said, hey, I know you want to showcase women. It's this guy who just opened this admission. Yes, consultation, but you could admit ideas, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay. He said, I think he would be good to showcase the women and everything, and his name is Carlos King. So I went out and I started Googling you because I was like, let me see what's up with him. I saw, like, Hollywood Divas, Real Housewives of Atlanta. I mean, it was like, I think you even produced, like, something with Oprah's documentary or something like that. Oprah's season 25, honey, yes. (laughs) Yes, I was researching you, boo. I was all in it, and I was like, okay, let's shoot the shot, and and again, I, I have no problem ever paying homage. So I appreciate you and just for coming out here in this place of nowhere that some people may think to, you know, to give us a shot. So thank you. No, thank you. And what was so interesting, so this guy by the name of Jacoby signed up for a consultation with me and said, I want to do a show about Letitia's brunch. She has this amazing brunch in Mississippi and Letitia was on the Zoom. And Letitia, I may not have said this to you, but when I first saw you, I was like, oh my gosh, she's a star. She's everything. Like, she is meant to be on TV. And what was funny, guys, is Letitia was like, oh, I don't want to be on the show. (laughs) I was like, I'm okay with the water, like the water girl. I'm okay being a servant. I was like, let's do it, you know? And I remember you. You were like, what? You were like, what a Glenda? What do you do? What are you? Tell me this again. And you were like, oh, go, go find some more girls. Go find some friends. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So I always credit that to you that you were able to see something in me that I didn't even know was inside of myself. I just wanted people to see Mississippi that there are women out here running multi-million dollar it businesses. Look at Latrice out here. She sold like a million dollars worth of hair. We need that. We need people to know this. We need, so thank you. No, thank you. Of course, of I didn't course. think anybody cared about a brunch. 
well, honey, they, or whatever they say in these brunches are now, I don't even know. That's a whole nother story, but whatever. Yeah, you know we're going to get into that, too. <laughs> so, oh, God. <laughs> it was me being told, like, okay, let's do a show about this brunch. And I was like, no, I think bigger. And it's similar to when Martell and Melody Holt, who was married at the time, when they were like, we want to do a show about me and Martell's business. And I was like... I love the two of you, but I see something bigger. Um, and that was Love and Marriage Huntsville, turned out to be, that I created. And then for this one, I was like, let me do a show about boss women in Jackson who are married and have this interesting life. But yes, we can incorporate the brunch into this. And that's how Bell Collective came about, guys. And this show is a huge hit on the network, the Oprah Winfrey Network. So thank you guys for watching. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you. Most importantly. But this show is so different than any other show that I've ever produced. And a lot of that has to do with it being in Jackson, Mississippi, and the the look and the language and the personality. Before P-Valley came about, we have Bell Collective. And the beautiful thing about both shows is we're paying homage to Jackson, Mississippi. And that, to me, is what was missing from television. So now that you have Bell Collective and P-Valley representing the SIP, what has Mississippi been like nowadays? Oh my gosh, totally different. I mean, it seemed to me, this is my this is my perspective, that with us being on a national television show and seeing that it can be done and, and being an inspiration, I see so many people moving faster towards their purpose. This show and Bell Collective alone has given people here hope. Because it's like, wow, Letitia, I just saw you up here, girl, and McAllister's getting a sandwich. Then I'm going to watch you on Friday night on OWN. Like, and, you know, they always want to come and tell me about their business. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. So, Jess, I can't speak for P-Valley. I'm going to speak for Bell Collective. I know the asset that Bell Collective has uh has provided in Mississippi, and that is hope, inspiration, honey, and some good old Southern shadiness, okay? <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of Southern shade, this is the second season of Bell Collective, which brought on two new bells, Aikisha and Soguchi. And what we've been seeing so far this season is this sort of like, I'll say this, I, I, you, you may disagree with me, but the audience and I feel like it's this cute battle between you and Aikisha over Ferris Street and who is the true queen of Jackson. So let me ask you this. Who is truly the queen of Jackson? Listen, honey, I'm from Pelahatchee. I've never repped Jackson and never will. Shout out to everybody in Jackson, but... Honey, you can have that. I'm not going to create a beef over a title that I don't even want. <laughs> I don't want to be labeled as a queen of Jackson. I'm not from Jackson. Now, we're going to do the queen of Mississippi. <laughs> now, that's something else. But I'm definitely not going to say the queen of Jackson. There are so many queens here. I'm from Pelahatchee. She can have that title. I mean, her two months that she's been back in Jackson, she can have it. 
child. I hate to do this, but stay tuned for more of my conversation with Letitia. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Letitia. Do you think Aikisha moved to Jackson just to be on Bell Collective? Well, absolutely, Aikisha moved back to Jackson or rented out an apartment to be here to film this. I mean, if you know, you know. That's the truth. Of course she did. Sis is in Jersey and doing her thing, honey. Okay? But I, listen, any woman that's that determined and persistent, I, listen, here, I salute you. I mean, listen, (laughs) go ahead. That's all I can say. Go ahead, honey. You deserve to be here. That's that's dedication. I salute that. See what I'm saying, (laughs) y'all? This Southern shade. I need some of her sky miles, because flying back and forth, I need some sky miles, honey. I need some of her sky miles, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Portia, <laughs> that's your social media clip, girl. Okay, so look, <laughs> Latisha, you are crazy, child. So, without giving too much away, because you know we're in the middle of this amazing season two of Bell Collective, what can the viewers expect to see as it relates to your relationship with Glenn? <sighs> The viewers can expect to see an emotional roller coaster. Listen, I will say this. During filming, Carlos, your two of your producers said, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. When are we like I said, you know what? Come on, honey, sit right beside me. We on an emotional roller coaster. Emotional sometimes. You know, the little hood come out else a little bit here and there. But, I mean, what you can see is a real relationship, a real marriage, trying to figure it out. Whatever that may look like to whoever, that's what that's what you're gonna see. And you guys caught us dead in the middle. And I don't know if they to- I don't know if I told you this, but from August all the way to January, Glenn and I had minor conversations. When you guys came here to start filming, we talked the most during that because we had to. So basically, I- Glenn will say. Shout out to, you know, Bell Collective and us filming because he had access to me more so. So dead in the middle, when you guys started filming, we didn't know what that was going to look like, you know, and you that's what you guys going to see. And, and, and that's what the audience has been seeing because one thing about me leaving the Real Housewives of Atlanta and starting my production company, moving to L.A., and just really wanting to change the narrative of what I was seeing on reality was I really wanted to show aspirational couples and 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 to really show the voice of the Black woman, but also the Black man too. Because I remember working on The Real Housewives of Atlanta and Peter and Apollo were such great mainstays on that show. But when they got divorced, they just disappeared. And I hated it. Because I felt like at the end of the day, the audience fell in love with this man or these men, and they still want to see them. I feel the same way watching Married to Medicine, and I love Quad. But I also loved seeing Dr. G. 
and seeing Quad's relationship with the doctor. And now that they're divorced, child, Dr. G is gone somewhere. So when it comes to Bell Collective, I really wanted to show how these men operated in Jackson, not only in their profession, but in their personal relationship. And one thing I will say about Glenn, Glenn is somebody who wears his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. And without giving so much away, one thing that we are seeing is his regretfulness in cheating on you and possibly having another child that's that, that that's been born. And you're trying to figure out that relationship. As you were filming this season, were there moments where you truly did want to get back in this man's arms and bedroom and just forget about the issues y'all were having? Carlos, absolutely. First, let me just say, let me go back to that. Thank you for showcasing the men because showcasing the men, I listen, you are exactly right. When I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta, even Quad, Dr. G, I'm like, I did. I said, I wonder what Dr. G is doing. I said that and I love Quad, but I, that did cross my mind. So thank you for even highlighting these men because they are a part of us. But getting to your question, there were several times, honey that I wanted to get in bed with Glenn. I was stressed out. I was, my started inflaming. I needed a stress relief. Like I said, I have PCOS. So I started, I felt inflammation down there in my stomach. I, Cause mind you, I hadn't slept with this man since August. So it was like, oh my God, there were several times he came on set looking good, smelling good, talking good. And I wanted to say, man, as the words they don't like me saying, I want to say, man, F them hoes, baby, come on. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm just being honest. But at the same time, I'm like, no, I am teaching you no, 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 because sweet nothings again, Making love, I love, you know, and all that kind of stuff Glenn was saying, your ear, and whew, no, I would have been like, you know what, guys, what, we would have came on set and been like, uh, Carlos, now are you ready to go ahead and EPI wedding special because we're about to renew our vow? <laughs> so I knew, <laughs> I knew, honey. I was like, so you were right. There was so, t- and there were hard times, even on like in our confessionals, it was hard. And I can remember, uh, Michelle, the showrunner, the first, the first confessional we had, and Glenn dressed himself. Contrary to what people believe, a lot of times we were dressed alike. I'm like, this is a coincidence, honey. Please believe me. He would, he would have had on purple, and I had on light blue. Okay, had I been involved, but I can remember. Um, I said, you know what? He's gonna do all this on his self, on his own. He's gonna miss me, and I can remember uh, Michelle saying. We don't like what what's all you know what Glenn is wearing. You're gonna have to go back and get him a jacket. And I was like, oh no! In this moment, I'm standing my ground. Let him let him do it. Let them let them bitches go get a suit. I'm not going to do it. Glenn came outside. Baby, you know we in this together. I, Tisha, you're everything. I said, I'm. I love you. Oh my God, you look amazing. I said, I'm. I'm I'll be back. I'm about to go get his suit. <laughs> No, 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 Carlos. But yeah, you're right. 
like there were several times I felt like I miss him, yeah. but no, it is what it is. He's very charming. I think. Listen, very. I love you know you you know me. I love Glenn. I think he's so handsome. How do you feel when people call Glenn Little Boosie? Oh my goodness! I the crazy thing is, even in our hometown in Pelahatchie, and even at his hometown up in where he's from, they'll say "Go Little Boosie." So it's not like a new thing, you know. And mind you, Glenn was into the music industry at once. The crazy thing is, we have had a conversation with Little Boosie, <laughs> so it's kind of like. And it's, I think it's hilarious. I saw somebody saying, Glenn, get out of here with the boosted fade or that little boosted trying to be with. I'm like, man. So I said, Glenn, you boosted again. You little boosted. <laughs> it's just crazy to I me. I love it though. I love it. Speaking of that too, when, how do you feel when people say that you and Glenn are the Melody and Martell Holt of Bell Collective? Shout out to them. I love them, but that's definitely not a compliment. Um, because I feel like, and I'll say it, and hey, I know it's not a popular opinion, but I do wish that they could figure it out. I think that they were such a cute couple together. I definitely still see the love, but I understand her too being in it. How much more can you take? Like, come on. What's, you know, how much more? But they are like the cutest, but everybody has to do what's, what's great for them. But being compared to them, that's not a compliment. Yes, we're going through infidelity. Yes, we're going through situations, but <sighs> that's not a compliment. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, look, the thing about it is you are such a star. And when people found out that you did not want to be on the show that you were just pitching your brunch and you wanted no involvement, everyone was like, I cannot see Bell Collective without Letitia. Oh, so a lot of people say they can't see Love and Marriage Huntsville without Melody. So I also think a lot of it has to do with your position on the show. Do you feel like, how can I say this <laughs> without getting you in trouble? But do you feel like oh, you're the star of the show? absolutely feel like I'm the star of the show. I'm the star of any room that I walk in. Absolutely. That that goes without saying. Uh, no offense to anybody else, but when you show up as your authentic self and be who you are, people going to feel that. They're going to respect that and they're going to see that. It is what it is. I feel like for me, I'm so vulnerable and open because I can't remember lies. So if I, it, it, this is what it is. And people can only respect the real. That's in any situation that you're in. And they can feel if you're not being true. So, yes, definitely, I'm going to say, yes, without a doubt, yes, I am the star of Bell Collective. I'm the star of any room that I walk in. So when people say Aikisha may be or Latrice may be, what do you say to that? They should feel the same way. You know Latrice going to feel that way anyway. That's her if she's... this Latrice anywhere. She's going to feel that. And that's how people should feel. And that's just what it is. Some people have tweeted they want to defund women's empowerment brunches in general. Mm -hmm. They feel like women's empowerment brunches are nothing but an open forum for mean girls to be mean. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say about that, knowing that you are known as the queen of these brunches? I think that, first of all, everybody's entitled to their, to their opinions. And 
I have gone to empowerment brunches that was like, what is this? What are we doing? Nobody's networking. Everybody's sitting there, baby, and they red bottoms, honey, that best hair, honey. They got his hair. Everybody's sitting there, honey, looking good. But nobody's actually networking. So when I started these brunches back in 2017, that's why all of my true supporters that actually attended the brunches, they're like, what the hell is this that we're seeing? We were actually networking. We bring in business uh, consultants, someone from the IRS. They are those type of brunches. I'm not offended by that. I just know that you're only as good as your leader. So whatever I put out and however I treat people, they're coming not to just be like, oh, I'm just empowering because it's nothing else to do in Jackson. They're saying, you know what? I know who Letitia is. I know her heart and I know what she stands for. So they, you know, they come and support the brunches. However, I have, I have attended a several brunches where I'm like, I didn't even get to meet the host. And it was like, she, she left. Oh, Okay. You just got my little money on Eventbrite. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, so I get it. I get where people are coming from. I totally get it. And um, at the end of the day, they have the right to own, uh, their own opinions. But you have to know me and my character, and it speaks for itself. So, I mean, it is what it is. I've been empowering before empowerment became trending. I was the girl sitting on the bus when nobody wanted to sit with her. I was the girl pouring into someone else when they ran away from home. So before empowerment became a thing, or I don't know, how is it a money mark, money making thing? Because the close that I've ever gotten was breaking even. So I don't even know how that's a money market, but you know, I've been that girl. And this is what I do. I genuinely love pouring into other people. So honey, Define all you want to, baby. I don't care. <laughs> Shifting yeah. gears a bit, your friendship with Marie has caused a lot of conversation. Some people love the fact that the two of you have this great bond and that you're always there for her, while other people think you need to cut the cord and get rid of her ever being at your brunches again. Now that you watch a couple of these episodes and been watching with the fans... Do you feel that Marie's behavior has single-handedly ruined your brunch and possibly your reputation? Yes and no. No, because I know Marie as a person myself. I know Marie. I know who Marie is. I know the type of person she is, the heart. Now, when we get Marie Monroe, see, now we're talking about somebody else. Marie is going to be Marie, but I will say that I've had people come up to me. We were just in the grocery store, me and Josh the other day getting his snacks. Lady I've never met in my life. And she was like, I love you so much. Um, and she whispered in my ear and she said, please stop Marie from attending your brunches. Bye. I don't mean any harm. And I was like, and she left. And I'm like, oh my God, did this lady just come up to me while we're, while we're getting chips? So I... <laughs> On to say that I personally don't think, and every brunch, let me just say this, every brunch that I've had, majority of my brunches that I've had, whether on television or not, Marie's attended. So I can say that um, for her. And it's just like, if Latrice isn't in the room, she's fine. No, that is true. You know, that is fine. She's fine. If Latrice is absent, you know, from the empowerment brunch, we're going to empower. <laughs> so the goal is to never have Latrice and Marie at the same brunch at the same damn time. Right. We'll probably try like a brunch at night. 
Well, let's do a night for, porch. For, Maybe for that Latrice, was Latrice, so she can have her 80 proof in Hennessy. Oh, yeah. If, if Latrice is drunk, she could kill it. <laughs> <laughs> she just gonna toss her hair. Girl, Marie crazy. Yes. So. <laughs> I want I want people to know too that your brunches have been around, like you said, since 2017. So much so that you even had Portia Williams hosting one of your brunches. Talk to us about yes. how that came about and what that experience was like. Oh my God! First, let me tell you what it was like working with Portia and her team. That was just so amazing. I always like to create things and do things that other people aren't doing. I love to stay in my own line. On my own lane. I was the first person in my branches to bring a housewife to Jackson, Mississippi. I wanted to. Here's the thing: how the branches started. Not not to discredit our local coffee shops or anything like that. They are amazing. But here in Jackson, I had to trick women into knowledge. And what I mean by that is you put them in a nice place, nice food, nice decor, dress up. When you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you look good. So all of my brunches, it was levels to it. I'm not going to lie. My brunches are levels. Like, that's just what it is. The brunches that I put together, it's levels to it. You, Nobody can tell you that they've attended, honey, a women brunch, Mississippi, Letitia, Letitia Pearson brunch, and it was not top tier. So what I wanted to do, the boss-up brunch, Portia had her hairline. She was really I, I loved her energy. I'm a cancer and she's a cancer. And I feel like I always try to link up with people that I feel like we share some type of something, similarities, because that's how I mesh. That's how that's how I mesh. So I reached out and I said, you know what? Let me get Portia. Let me reach out to Portia. I loved her. I loved her energy. And I felt like the women here would love her as well. And we're talking about boss and beauty. Well, Portia's a boss and she's a beauty. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? Let me reach out. So I reached out to her team, Karen and Nance and Rob, and they were amazing. When I say amazing, they were so amazing. And I'm going to tell you something, too, that I hadn't shared. And I hope I don't get in trouble with Portia about it. But I'm going to share something with you. So the team, they were so amazing. We booked Portia. Everything was good. I'm like, oh, my God. Tickets started to sell. I mean, like, oh, my God, I want to see Portia. She's so relatable. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. She came. We got everything uh, situated, her flights, everything. She was getting ready to fly. Out for, her birthday is in July, so she was getting ready to fly out um, right after my event. I got a call a couple days before. She has a foundation. Well, she was getting ready to film something with Bravo. So there was, like, a conflict of interest in her schedule. So what she did, they called, she called me, her manager called, and first her manager called, was like, hey, we're going to refund you everything that happened, we're going to refund you, you know, there's a conflict, and you know, she's obligated, like, uh, you know, us to Bravo, and da 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 and I was like, my reputation and my brand, I was like, no, let's go back to the drawing board, because this is not it. She was like, she, she, this is, this is her job. And I was like, I understand it. And this is my brand. Right. So a few minutes later, um, and, uh, Portia got on the phone and she called and she was just like, oh my God, I am so sorry. Like there was a conflict of interest. I will refer you to Eva. And I love Eva, but I said, Portia, that ain't what it is. <laughs> the girls don't want to see Eva in Jackson, Mississippi, Portia. <laughs> oh, they had every- <laughs> I don't think Eva's empowering Portia. the girls in Jackson, Mississippi, my love. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I was like, Portia, and I 
I went through this spiel and we we talked and I was like, Portia, this is my reputation. You know, I'm building something here. I can't let these women know that maybe I just tried to get tickets and I lie. They're not going to believe, oh, Portia had a Jose. Here in, in Jackson, if someone, if they don't show up to the event, they say, child, they couldn't even afford them. They ain't even selling no tickets. They couldn't afford them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What I love about Portia when we ended that call, she said, Karen, whatever we got to do, make it work. And I love her for that and forever. And when she came in, she was amazing. Her energy was amazing. So down to earth. And I mean, it is what it is. So Yeah, no, and that's the Portia that I love and know. And I'm happy Mm -hmm. she made that commitment too. And speaking of another housewife, you also did something recently with Juicedora. And something happened where my name came up in conversation. Can you tell the listeners about that, Miss Letitia? Yes, Carlos. First of all, Drew and I share like the same uh, team in a sense when it comes to managing stuff. So we were talking and she was like, oh, my God, I love Carlos. I love him so much. Oh, my God. She hears she still their talk still over, you know, the king of reality about you when you were on Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I was like, well, honey, he's over here on Bell Collective. I even said love and leave him alone. Y'all can erase all of that because this is his business (laughs) over here, honey. Okay, he's birthing the bells. So I, we appreciate it. We accept that. We accept it. And I'll let him know. But let's let's simmer down. <laughs> and I love Drew. She and I are actually getting ready to do some things together. I, I love Drew. Now, Drew's a sweetheart. We follow each other on Instagram. I met her at Sheree's finale. I'll, I'll just say that because I don't want to get nobody in trouble. And Drew was very sweet when she met me and... She also said that too, like, everybody loves you. Your name is constantly yeah. brought up as we're filming. And she said, look, this is season 14. I'm still a newbie. You left five years ago. And baby, people are still bringing up your name when we're filming. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the fact that you yes. guys had that rapport. So before I let you go, I got two more things for you. The first is, you're such a fan of reality television. And... I am going to, in a few months, okay, guys, give y'all my list of the greatest reality stars of all time. But I would love to hear from you, Letitia, who would you crown as the greatest reality star of all time and why? Oh, that's going to probably be biased. Um, it's so many that I love. It's so many that I love. But the one that I met personally and I was able to experience her energy, I would definitely have to say, well, I've met a few, but the one that I experienced her energy and I was able to see her heart outside of cameras, and that would have to be Portia Aww. Williams. That's because, I, I mean... I, the experience was beautiful. I love where she is. I love her owning who she is. That she's just been throughout. If you you can't, it's one of those things where I think what makes a good reality star is that they allow us to go through life with them. And that's something that Portia has allowed us to see. Good, bad, going out of situations, growing. And I love that. I love that she seems so relatable to me and and her heart, I was able to experience that outside of outside of anything yeah, else. Yeah, I love I, I, I love that. And 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 again, Portia is 
a sweet girl. She's very kind. She has a good heart. And Portia don't give a fuck about what y'all think about her. And she is going to live... Portia is going to live her life. And guess what? We're all going to say, okay, honey, I just want to follow along. So there you go. <laughs> I bet it. Mm-hmm. There you go. I did no take lies. my lies. Okay, so yes. before I let you go, <laughs> tell my listeners what they can expect for the rest of the season of Bell Collective. Oh my God, guys. Listen. I mean, I'm not trying to toot our own horn over here, but if you want some reality TV, honey, you can expect nothing but ups, downs, reality, girl fights, boyfriend, husband drama, good vibes and good fights again. (laughs) It is explosive. But at the end of the day, you definitely going to see inspirations and you're going to see all of us trying to figure it out. What everybody's trying to figure it out, and that's how I can sum that up. We're navigating through uh tragedy, we're navigating through friendships, we're trying to figure out friendships, we're trying to figure out marriages, we're trying to figure out if we really want to move to Jackson or not. You know, you're gonna see a lot. You just had to throw that shade in there. <laughs> oh, and I recently <laughs> tweeted on my social media about we guys, we just taped the Bell Collect reunion. And I will say, and mark my word, in my 15-year career, it is top three. I'm not going to say which number it is yet. It's top three of the best reunions I have ever, ever done in my life. Oh, wow. That's big. What can you... Give a, <laughs> give a little, Letitia, just a little tea about what they can expect from the reunion that's coming up in a couple <sighs> of weeks. I left the building a couple times uh, <laughs> mentally. Any so, um, so <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'm the right one to ask. I don't think that I was all the way present. Uh, a lot of times I left, but when I was present, it's like something I've never witnessed before in my life. It is on a whole nother level. Like it's beyond reality TV. It's like on a whole nother level. You, t- I mean, you just, you went for the, you, was that your last show that you was going to ever produce in life? Because you <laughs> went hard, honey. Okay. So I'm like, this show. No, look, I, I, listen, I love this podcast. I love my late night show, The Nightcap. But I also love hosting reunions because, it's the camaraderie that I have with my cast that you ladies and men have with me. And that's why the host seat is so important because you want to make sure as you are revealing things to the audience that the host is somebody who's like your friend, that you trust, who you love and respect. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the reason why um, we were able to have such a great reunion because this love that was in the room but there was also a lot of shade, mm-hmm. a lot of hate. But look, it was it was definitely one for the books. But Letitia, I'm so happy you finally made it Thank on you. Reality with the King Thank podcast. You for no, you're welcome, baby. Thank you. Where can my listeners find you? Where can they follow you? And how can they support you? Absolutely. Letitia Pearson underscore on 
Instagram, Letitia Pearson Facebook, Letitia Pearson uh, Twitter, and of course, anytime, LetitiaPearson.com. It's all things Letitia, honey. Just put my name in. You'll find me. And spell me. it for the girls, Letitia. Please, please, please. It's L. Say it with me. L-A-T-E-S-H-I-A. Okay? I love Tisha, Tisha from Huntsville, but I am not her. I am L-A. T-E-S-H-I-A. That's me. Because I can't find some of you guys when I'm trying to go out here and answer answer your questions because that's not even me. So some stuff, I'm like, they ain't talking to me, honey. They talking to Letitia. <laughs> that's not me. L-A-T-E-S-H-I-A. Nah. And I love you guys. Uh, I love everybody. Thank y'all for supporting. Yeah, thank no, you thank so much. Thank y'all for supporting. You can watch Bell Collective every Friday night, 9 o'clock, 8 central on the Oprah Winfrey Network. And you can follow Letitia Pearson wherever you are on social media. Thank you, Letitia, baby. I love you. Thank you, Carla. I love you more. You're welcome, Thank boo. you. Bye. Yes. I hope y'all enjoyed that shady fun, <laughs> but also insightful conversation between Letitia and I. And I have to say this before I end. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to the audience and the viewers for making Bell Collective such a huge hit. I mean, to see the love that y'all have for this show means the world to me. And I'm so happy that all of you guys, plus the new viewers, decided to come back for a second season and give this show a chance. I can tell that y'all are living for it. And all I'm going to say is... There's more to come. But tonight, there's an all-new episode of Bell Collective at 9 o'clock a Central on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Tonight's episode, baby, there is a sistervention where Aikisha versus everybody is on display. Here's a clip. Damn, Aikisha throw shade. Aikisha called us ugly. Clearly, she's not talking about me. I need to figure this woman out. Girl, get away from me. This. What we doing here? Bell Collective. New episode tonight at 9, 8 central. Thoughts? Opinions? Email me at realitywiththeking at stitcher.com or leave me a voicemail at 310-593-8188. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at King underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Lashik Lotus-Lee and LaPortia Thomas. Additional production support by Corinne Wallace. Engineering and music by Marcus Ham. More sauce.